I think trying to not use the word can't in front of your kids or with other people will go a long way in you not feeling like you're making an excuse for them, but also not making them think that they can't do something because they can. They are so much more capable than a lot of times we give them credit for. It's, again, it's just becoming a student and knowing what tools they need. Welcome to A Home That Heals. I'm Bree, along with my mom, Dee, and we're glad you're joining us on this journey to find those simple yet profound God-given gifts that help our families heal. We believe with God, no matter what the challenge is, there's got to be a way. And when it comes to our kids, He has given you as a gift to your child and will equip you in your home to be the first and best place for healing. In other words, a home that heals. We are living in a very unique time, and we keep referring to that just because as we look through generations before us, there is so much that is different in our time than has ever been before. And a lot of it centers around the family and the home. And I find that more than ever, we're needing to communicate with others how they can help our children because our children, frankly, are in other people's care more often than they used to be. You know, for a long time, it it was, and this is not a this is not a shaming <laughs> episode here, but for many many years, kids were with their moms for the majority of their lifetime. You know, it wasn't just a three month sabbatical, and then they went back to work. They weren't being placed in daycares or you know having to be dropped off for nursery during church. Really, families were together more than they were apart. And oftentimes, I think that does create some of these behavior ish, behavioral issues that we face. And we seem baffled by them. But when we know the source and we know the root cause of it, it helps us. And one of those things is we do know kids want to be with their parents. And when they have to be separated and in the care of someone else, we need to be able to communicate their needs to others. Take it from me, a Sunday school teacher. <laughs> really, kids do want to be with their parents. And that separation time, I can't tell you how many times I've said to a mom who's wringing her hands because her child is, I mean, with every ounce of their being, that child is, mommy, don't leave me. I mean, it's so, so dramatic. Mm -hmm. And you'll say to the mom, you've heard it, moms, you've probably heard it, you know, go ahead, go to the service. And in, I, I promise you, in, in five minutes, they'll be fine. And I always sort of see this look on moms like, really? Like they don't really need me that much. <laughs> yeah. And it's usually true, but it's not always true because mm -hmm. some children really struggle with that more than others. Yeah. Really, I've seen, you know, we have we have kiddos that have struggled with that. We have kiddos that are like, nope, I'm fine. See ya, mom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so every child handles things differently. But no matter what, whether they struggle with the drop off or not, some of the time these caregivers are needing to deal with situations that our kids might encounter that either they're on sensory overload and they go into a meltdown or they struggle to sit still during a lesson and they uh, the caregivers aren't quite sure how to handle that. There's just so many different scenarios that the caregivers really do. They need our clear communication, but how do we do that without 
for a long time, I felt like, oh, then I'm just making excuses for my kid. Mm-hmm. Or then I'm just, you know, kind of giving them a cop out to be bad. And I'm not for that. I don't want to give my kids a reason not to do something, not to follow along, you know, with the rules. I I want to help the caregiver, but I definitely do not want to make things worse and, and give my kid the idea that they can't do something. Oh, okay. So that's a lot to unpack. And that's kind of what we're wanting to talk about today. Probably almost everything that you deal with involves communication of some sort when you're trying to accomplish, you know, a, a, a great outcome. And with our kids, whether it's creating our home as a home that heals, or when we take them out and about, and we want them to be able to um, be involved in a, in a healthy way, it kind of comes back to communication, mm-hmm. communication. You know, it's just such a valuable tool. And because we've seen it and we've talked to other moms recently even, you know, about how how do I, to our previous episode, not slap a label on my kiddo mm-hmm. when I drop him off for daycare or Sunday school or whatever it is, but yet still help caregivers who are helping me um, understand my child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it starts with this theme that we just always have on every podcast is knowing your child. So yeah. really begin begin studying your child. Maybe you're the mom and you're like, oh, yep, I know exactly what they need. I wasn't that mom. I really, frankly, it, I was baffled. I didn't understand what they need. I didn't understand why. Why is this so hard for him? We had one kiddo that, speaking of church, dropping off at the nursery was just so hard for him. And I don't even know that it... It was the drop off, but then I started to hear that it was once I was gone, he just really struggled in every point of every transition. Now I know he really struggles with transitions, <laughs> but at that time I didn't. What I did know that he needed is he just needed somebody to hug him, give him a big squeeze, yeah. tell him it was going to be okay, tell him, you know, what they were, give him a heads up on what was coming next. He needed that communication. And if I had known that, I could have shared that. Thankfully, God sent the most wonderful Mm -hmm. man, Reg, Mm -hmm. who he saw that in my child and he knew what he needed and he would. He'd just give him a big squeeze. Oh, he'd pick him up in his arms (laughs) and just, yeah, yeah. You're okay, buddy. And he would would just help him through it. And I, I praise the Lord for that because at that time, I wasn't being a student of my child and I didn't know. So I just encourage you, become a student, ask for wisdom to know what their triggers are, know what their struggles are, and how to best communicate those with others. And a lot of times they'll fall into some categories like triggers, transitions, that that's been a big one for us. What I'm trying to think of some of the other ones, but you had a, a case just recently, I think, where that whole idea of the unfamiliar, mm-hmm. you know, help, help, helping children kind of figure out, oh, ooh, ah, this is not what I was expecting. (laughs) And that kind of comes at you pretty hard sometimes. Yeah, well, I have gotten better at communicating. And so our church does know that my kids struggle with transitions and change. And they saw that firsthand when we moved buildings. But recently we showed up at church and this sweet lady, Miss Jan, came over and she sought out my two kiddos that she knows struggle with change. And she said, oh, boys, I am so glad you are here. We missed you last week because we were out of town. And uh, we we just cannot wait. To, we're going to have a great day today. I wanted to let you know that we did change rooms. 
And when she said that, <laughs> Tyler and I looked at each other. <laughs> and we, oh, no. I mean, it, the, you know, the eyes of panic, like, <laughs> or just defeat. Like, you know what? We should just, let's just go to lunch. I mean, yeah, why even try? This yeah. isn't, we're done. Um, because it is, it's really hard for our kids when change happens. And so she spent five minutes just explaining why. We had to change rooms, explaining what what they were going to be doing today, who was helping in the class. I mean, she just set it up beautifully. Mm. It was such a wonderful thing that she had taken the time to know our child, to to hear us out when we let them know that that is a struggle that they have is change. And if they can be given a heads up, sometimes mm-hmm. it will go better than if they aren't. And you know what? It it was hard for them when we, we walked down that hall and they were clinging to us like glue. And it took some time. And in fact, one of our kiddos, he needed to come into the, the service with us, the main service. But then after a song, he said, I'm ready, mom. Hmm. And I said, oh, all right, let's do this. Walked right on back. And, and, when I, and I really believe that because she helped set that up, it was this team effort because of great communication that helped them to succeed and to have a great time that day. Oh, there's so many pieces to that. Like, so think back to our episode on waiting, where you allowed him to come into the service mm-hmm. and allowed him that time to process mm-hmm. what was going on yeah. and to get comfortable with it and then to go and do that. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, is gold right there, mm-hmm. you know, because I have seen situations where, you know, parents force their child to do something that they clearly I mean, it's beyond the normal, you know, I just don't like this. It's really, um, and it's sometimes really hard to tell because, as I said, kids can be pretty dramatic. They can, yeah. It is hard to tell. But I think when you go back to, and I'm just going to refer this book. We we love Kathy Cook and her book, Start With the Heart. I'll link it in the description because I I think when we go back to those five core needs Mm. that Kathy talks about, we... While they can be dramatic, I also think there is so much truth to the fact that kids need security. Mm-hmm. Who can I trust? They need to know that that answer. They they need their identity, which we talked about last week. Who am I? To to have a foundation and what their identity is. They need belonging. They need to understand who wants me. They need purpose. Why am I alive? Why am I here? They need competence. What do I do well? Now, if you look at those five core needs, most of those are met by who? Hmm. You, mamas. Well, Well, yes. (laughs) Here on earth. Okay, sorry. Let's rewind. (laughs) Yes, mom. Correct answer. Those are <laughs> that's always the number one answer. That is of course the number one. Okay, brief fail. <laughs> but here on earth, who has God yes. supplied to provide those needs? You, mamas. So when your child seems to be dramatic, it, it also might not be true that they're dramatic. It might just be true that they are so connected with you. You are meeting some of those needs that they have, those needs of security, identity, belonging, purpose, competence. The competence, what do I do well? Knowing that 
you know what, buddy, you, you can do this. You go into these classrooms. You always make it so fun for the other kids. That's what I was telling the one kid. You are like the life of the party. What are they going to do without you? Mm -hmm. Understanding Mm -hmm. what they do well and what they can contribute. Not just that you need to go into this classroom because mama wants to go (laughs) listen to her service. But you you have something that God has given you that will infuse joy into this classroom, and that's why you should go. And you know those things when you've been a student of your child. You mm-hmm. really know how do they react and interact. And some of that might come with communication then after with the teacher or whoever, you know, the preschool director, whoever, and, and, and ask them flat out, can you give me some insight into where my child is a contributor here Mm, mm -hmm. and where you see them really shine so that I can reinforce those things so Mm -hmm. they can begin to build that competence to then face the things that maybe they struggle with. Mm -hmm. Communication. It Mm. is. And just being honest with people sometimes is, is important and being willing to hear probably, you know, some difficult things to get to the good stuff Mm -hmm. because you got to get to the good stuff and that doesn't always come. I want to tell you a little thing. I might've shared this before, but when you're doing this type of communication with someone and they're telling you something, a magical golden phrase Mm -hmm. is, oh, tell me more about that Mm -hmm. because then you get the good stuff. I know that as as a reporter, Mm -hmm. that that's what I'd usually do. Like if I got an answer from a question and I was interviewing somebody and then I'd say, oh, tell me more. That would be the best part of the whole interview. Mm -hmm. They'd give me the gold right there. So just a little tip. Yeah. And we need the gold. We need all the gold. We need as much help as we can get. And and our kids oftentimes act differently, you know, when they're not around us. And so it is good to get that insight Mm -hmm. from caregivers and other people who are around them. So I think that's a great tip, Mom. You spoke, Mom, on being able to clearly communicate with people. How do we do that? You know, I know you mentioned you worked in the nursery and uh, at the church. And I I heard you say oftentimes that you wish that you just knew a way to help, you mm-hmm, know, the kiddos. Mm-hmm. That if they if you just had like a little nugget of information. But I think that sometimes is it's hard. You know, it's a quick you're trying to get your kid dropped off because you got people behind you right, right. coming up. And uh, what is the, the right thing? thing to say? How do you say it quickly? How do you not make excuses for your child? That that was something I really struggled with a lot. Did you see any parents that just did it really well or maybe <laughs> some ways not to do it? Well, I will say probably one of the things that is helpful, and this is pretty much impossible, so I'll throw it out there, take it for what it's worth, but get there a little early. <laughs> I know I laugh as I say <laughs> oh, that. Oh, have mercy. She's not a she's not a parent of young kids right now. I'm sorry. Well, and, and by the way, I wasn't in the nursery. I was in the four and five-year-old. So I was, oh, you that's know, true. I was, Sorry. and, and there, that's such a hard age because the kiddos really can't communicate mm-hmm. too much to you what, what's really going on. But if you can get there just a couple minutes early, especially the first, you know, first few times or whatever, I think it helps your child. It helps them to see you and to be very cognizant of what the child is overhearing. Mm. Because as you've said so many times, that's important that they hear how you are defining them. Mm. And so be careful about that too. Um, I've, I've seen parents, you know, where, I mean, where we had children who clearly had severe needs mm-hmm. and show up and not say a word. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really hard. I understand why they probably didn't, probably for some of the things we've talked about. They didn't want their child labeled. But then you leave the, the caregivers with no resources, no idea how to 
how to help them. Yeah. So I think that would just be the main thing is if you know those things that could could help. Yeah. To just give them a heads up and just say, oh, you know, Johnny, he um, he truly loves X Y Z, and um, if you can help him see or maybe give him a heads up as you're going to transition to the story time or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. those little tips they seem small, but it at least gives some insight and some to do you know, kind of uh, action tips for for the one. And then I think really helping to humanize your child to that caregiver, you mm-hmm. know, so that they see them not just as another, you know, another four-year-old, mm-hmm. but as a, as a little one with unique uh, attributes and things. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'll put out there that I'm pretty stubborn. I, I am not ever going to tell my child or tell somebody else that they can't do something. Oh, that just, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. I am not yeah. going to say, you know, Johnny can't sit still because, you know, he needs to be able to constantly be able to move. No, Johnny can sit still. He can do it. But what are the tools he needs to be able to do that? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about transitions. I think saying, oh, hey, um, if you can give uh, my kiddo just a, a quick little heads, five minute heads up that they're going to need to put toys away, it it really helps him to be able to have that time to process the transition because then they don't sit there baffled why it is so hard for him to put the toys away and come listen to the lesson. They know exactly what they need to do. And frankly, that's probably going to help a few other kids in the class as well because every child, you know, has a difficult time with those transitions uh, in one way or another. So I I think trying to not use the word can't in front of your kids or with other people will go a long way in you not feeling like you're making an excuse for them, but also not making them think that they can't do something because they can. They are so much more capable than a lot of times we give them credit for. It's, again, it's just becoming a student and knowing what tools they need to be able to succeed. Well, there you go. I think that's really good. And I, I love that if you, you know, if you have that communication with the teacher, you also know when your child reaches a point where they just, I mean, in all honesty, where maybe they can't. Mm-hmm. And and while I know I, I admire you for not doing that, I would say that a parent letting some, you know, someone know, hey, if if uh, Johnny's really struggling, you can call me mm-hmm. or you can, you know, whatever. And knowing kind of what's going to work or how, how, I don't know. I'm not sure. Every child is so different. It's it's different. So you can't put one formula together that works for everything. But I would say trust your instincts too, mom, to mm-hmm. know when or how you communicate when your child might really, really need you yeah. and you need to you need to respond. Yeah. and And when I say that every child can, that doesn't mean every child will be able to handle what is set before them. You know, mm-hmm. especially they, when you're dealing with kiddos that have any type of trauma, once they flip that lid, you know, mm-hmm. once they, once they go into overdrive, it's really hard for them to come back unless they have that person that makes them feel safe, makes them feel like they are comforted and they're secure. So, that that isn't to say that there aren't going to be moments that they they do they just need to call you and you just need to hold them and you just need to help them through whatever they're struggling with it was more you know just not putting it inside their heads before they yeah before they reach that 
uh, that encounter, that mountain mm-hmm. that they might mm-hmm. have to climb, that you want to encourage them that they can do it. And so I, I love that we are living in a time, too, where people are more aware of challenges that kids might face. And I think people are more open than ever. Uh, one thing that really kept me from saying things was I did I did hear people who kind of had that just overall idea that, you know, parents were making excuses for their kids or they just were trying to, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know. They, they thought they knew children better than the parents even oh, knew children. Okay. And, and that kept me from communicating. So I would just encourage you, if you're feeling that way, you know, if you feel that way at all, to again, find that confidence, mama. You were made for your child. You know them better than anybody else. You love them more than anyone else. And most people out there really do. They want to understand how to help your child so they can also help you. They can help you um, to be able to go do that task you need to do or be able to go on that date night that you've been waiting for (laughs) for so many (laughs) you're desperate months (laughs) those things are good things we just need to set us up for success in these ways Before we go today, we always want to give a shout out to KTSY and our dear friend Grady, who's over there making sure everything's running smoothly, <laughs> even when we're not. <laughs> yes. We appreciate we appreciate this partnership so mm-hmm. much. And a lot of the things that we talk about on this podcast, as I'm listening to KTSY, I'm mm-hmm. hearing those messages reflected in the wonderful music yes. that we hear that is providing hope yeah. and giving us these uplifting encouraging words to carry us through the day. So I hope you're all, I know you are, you're all KTSY listeners. And if you aren't, it's pretty easy to find 89.5 and listen in, especially in the Treasure Valley area. Yes. Thank you, KTSY. This is so fun as we see this community grow. I know they have a great community of people who are who are inspiring and who are longing for hope on both ends of it. And then here at A Home That Heals to see this community grow has been such a blessing. So follow along, hop on Instagram or Facebook and make sure to send us a DM. Tell us your story. Tell us about your family and how you're creating a home that heals. And we look forward to the times when we'll get to see you face to face. But until then, we look forward to the next podcast here on A Home That Heals. A Home That Heals is produced in partnership with 89.5 KTSY. To find out more about them, go to ktsy.org.